0: Beginning this Leading the Way audio, Dr. Yusuf reflects on the words of Psalm 16.
1: David really subtly here in these few verses gives us a test. It is a self-administered test to know if you're really going to inherit with Jesus or not. And here's the test. Ask yourself the question. Do I seek the company of the Lord? more than anybody else in the world.
0: Welcome to a classic Leading the Way audio, featuring Dr. Michael Yusuf, pastor, author, and international Bible teacher. In fact, people across six continents listen to Leading the Way in 28 of the world's most spoken and understood languages. Many hear the gospel for the first time, often growing deeper in their faith as they hear Dr. Yusuf passionately proclaim uncompromising truth. Up next, a look into the words of the 16th chapter in Psalms, where we're clearly pointed to the cross of Christ and the amazing inheritance waiting for those who call on Jesus. Listen along with me as Dr. Yusuf begins.
1: Inheritance has become a big business, at least I'm told that. It's enormous business. But I've seen also as a pastor and as an individual, I've seen the other side of that. I've seen how... Inheritance very often causes grief and heartache among family members. I've seen how inheritance separates siblings from each other. I've seen how inheritance and a war over inheritance alienate members of families. Most often there is resentment and bitterness over inheritance. I have always believed with all my heart, and my family would testify to this, that I have always focused on an inheritance that is far, far, far greater than my parents could ever have. Let me tell you about my real inheritance. My real inheritance will not perish. My real inheritance cannot be destroyed. My real inheritance can never be taken away by somebody else. My real inheritance is gonna go with me after I die physically and go from this world. My real inheritance is far superior than all of the trillions of dollars that are in the world today. You know, I love those who have a sense of humor about these things because I really confess to you that so many Christians, like the non-believers, take money seriously. And that's why I like sense of humor. Those who really can laugh at this kind of situations, and truly, the kids excel. Children excel in this area. I heard about a young girl, nine years old, went up to her mother, and she says, mother, do you know that vase that is in the living room that you told me has been transferred from generation to generation to generation? She said, yes, that's a very valuable vase. She said, well, mom, this generation dropped it. (laughs) Now, parents, let me tell you something. And I can tell you this with confidence in the Word of God. That there is an inheritance that you can leave your children and your grandchildren that can never be dropped or be destroyed. And it is your godliness. Your walk with God. In an oil rich part of Texas, there was a church sign that read, The meek shall inherit the earth. And only in that part of Texas... A graffiti writer came and wrote underneath and says, But not the mineral rights. (laughs) A friend of mine often says that misers are not much fun to be around, but they make wonderful ancestors. (laughs) But I want to tell you Psalm 16 David looks down through the eyes of prophecy and he sees and anticipates the New Testament. He sees and anticipates the son of David. And then, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he prophesies Psalm 16. First, we see the condition of our inheritance in verses 1 to 4 of Psalm 16. Secondly, we see the content of our inheritance, verses 5 and 6. Thirdly, we see the culmination of our inheritance, verses 7 to 11. The condition of our inheritance, what are they? I want you to look carefully at the first four verses of Psalm 16. David is saying that those who have their inheritance in Christ and with Christ, they are totally under the cover of the sovereign Lord. They are totally owned and operated by the sovereign Lord. That they are conscious of the fact that their very breath is in His hands. That they are body and soul, sold out to Jesus Christ. They are protected by Him. They are preserved by Him. They are engulfed by Him. But there's something else that's very important here I don't want you to miss. You would not know by reading the English text. In the first four verses, David uses Three different names of God in Hebrew he uses in the first four verses alone. El, from which we get Bethel, and like the house of God. Then he uses the word Jehovah and the word Adonai. Three Hebrew words in those four verses. El is the word that describes the omnipotent God. El is the word that describes the all-powerful God, the almighty God. El describes the God of power and might. Then David uses the term Jehovah, or Yahweh, the God of covenant, the God who enters into a saving contract with us. And thirdly, he uses the name Adonai. Adonai means Lord, my Lord, my sovereign Lord, my King. And so when you put these together, David is saying this, El Jehovah Adonai, my maker, my mediator, and my master. And because he is all these three things to me, (laughs) therefore I am living in him, and I have no fear of those who are trying to hunt me. Because I am living in him, therefore I am not daunted by my force. Because the condition of my inheritance is guaranteed by Him. Because the condition of my inheritance is totally protected by Him. Because the condition of my inheritance is a complete preservation in Him. The condition of my inheritance is a complete covering under Him. The condition of my inheritance is my complete and total security in Him. David is saying more than that. He is saying that El Jehovah Adonai means so much to me that besides him, nothing and no one will ever mean as much to me. In fact, David really subtly here in these few verses gives us a test. It is a self-administered test to know if you're really going to inherit with Jesus or not. It's a very subtle test, but I want to point it to you. As soon as I point it to you, you will see it right there in the text. And here's the test. Ask yourself the question. Do I seek the company of the Lord more than anybody else in the world? Do I seek the company of those who seek Him? Do I feel uncomfortable in the company of those who sin bluntly and plainly and openly? Do their values of godlessness trouble me? Does their lifestyle of wicked and wickedness repulse me? That's a test. That's the test. And it's a self-administered test. To know whether you meet the condition of your inheritance or not. Hear me right, please. If you are like Peter warming your hands in the fire of the godless. If you like Peter, warming your hands in the fire of those who resent the Lord Jesus Christ, the enemies of Christ, those who turn their backs on Christ, then you have gone too far from Him. Listen to me, my beloved friend. Get back to Him before you deny Him. And you can get back to Him now. The condition of our inheritance. Secondly, the content of our inheritance. Look at verses 4, 5, and 6. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. There's something here I don't want you to miss. Look at that verse again. I don't want you to miss this. You see, when David wrote this psalm, Psalm 16, he was a fugitive from King Saul. King Saul was chasing David all over the countryside when David wrote this psalm. And when David was being chased by the king's henchmen, he was deprived of his earthly inheritance. You see, each family, when they came out of the slavery of Egypt into the wilderness and then into the promised land, each family was given an inheritance by Joshua. And that inheritance has passed from generation to generation, from family members to family members, stayed in that particular tribe for generations. David's portion of inheritance was in the fields and the farms of Bethlehem. But listen carefully. As long as Saul, King Saul, was on the throne, there was no hope that David could ever enjoy his inheritance. Even his parents became fugitives with him in the land of Moab. But far from crying the blues, far from feeling sorry for himself, far from saying, oh me, Far from being filled with bitterness and hatred, David said, forget about my earthly inheritance. I have a far better one. I have the Lord. You know, so many Christians sing, I would rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I would rather be his than riches untold. And I often wonder how many of us, in truth, in honesty, when the push comes to shove, we can really do that. Oh, we can sing that, but do that. When the chips are down, would we really walk out on silver and gold and riches untold? In Psalm 16, verse 6, David says, The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yay! I have goodly heritage. <laughs> you know, when I was looking through this passage, and I'm really trying to study it as carefully as I know how, I feel I want to say to David, David, get real. <laughs> get real. This is the real world here. You're a fugitive. You have no home. You have a cave for a shelter. You have a rock for a pillow. David, you have a stone for a bed. David, you are being hunted like a mad dog. David, you are nobody. Oh, but David would say to me, Michael, you don't understand, you don't understand. The boundaries, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful heritage. You don't understand, my friend. You are thinking as those who live by sight. But I, David, I'm... Living by faith. David's answer would be, you don't understand. This is the language of faith. And I live by faith and not by sight. You want your comfort for a few years on earth, but I am looking forward (laughs) to my inheritance in heaven. I want you to hear me right. Would you listen to me carefully, please? And I can guarantee you're not going to like what I'm going to tell you. So might as well warn you now. The reason why the baby boomers are so discontented and bored in life is because they are blinded to their godly inheritance. The reason the baby boomers are restless today is because they are blinded to their eternal heritage. The reason the young generations have unrealistic expectations which make them frustrated and restless in life is because they do not focus on their inheritance in Christ. They're constantly looking at each other and comparing themselves with others, and they get depressed. David says, that's not me, buddy. (laughs) That's not me. Why, David? Why is that not you? What makes you walk in faith, David? What makes you walk in faith in tough times? You know, it's easy to walk in faith when the sun is shining and everything is going hunky-dory. But David was not there. He was fighting for his life. What makes you walk in faith when things are blowing in your face? Ah, because I remember back yonder when I was a young man... There was a man by the name of Samuel, and he came to my daddy's house, the house of Jesse, and he had a horn with oil in his hand, and he anointed me with oil, and he told me that God has a plan for my life. He told me that I have an inheritance that is incorruptible. He told me that I have an inheritance that cannot be stolen from me, inheritance that no one can take away, inheritance that no one can deprive me of, inheritance that no one can exclude for me. Inheritance that can never, never be lost. And no one is going to change that. My friend, you may be going through your own private Gethsemane right now, but I want you to listen carefully. Like David, you could say, back yonder in my life, I came to Jesus, and I surrendered to Him. And I received Him as the Savior of my life and the Lord of my life. And He promised me eternal life. And He promised me inheritance with Him. And He told me that He has a plan for my life. And He promised me glory with Him. And He promised me to reign and rule with Him. And therefore, no matter what I'm going through right now, no matter how dark it may get, no matter how difficult it may be, no matter how tough it may appear to be, the boundaries have fallen for me in pleasant places. You see, we live so much by sight that I honestly can tell you that an unbeliever out there will have a very hard time distinguishing between the way a believer lives and an unbeliever lives. And we're wondering why we're not making an impact upon our society. The condition of our inheritance, the content of our inheritance. Finally, the culmination of our inheritance. Verses 7 to 11. David is saying, in this life, I am guided by God, not by Oprah Winfrey. Is saying, in this life, I'm guarded by God, not by the Home Security Administration. In this life, I am gladdened by God, not by my net worth or how much money I have. But not only that, David is saying that in eternity, I'm going to inherit the whole universe. You know the prophecy in verse 10 of uh, Psalm 16? Look at that prophecy. It is a prophecy that has been quoted in the New Testament by both Paul and Peter. And it is a prophecy that is fulfilled in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, you will not abandon me in the grave, nor will you let your Holy One. That's a reference to Jesus. Only Jesus can be called the Holy One of God. Nor will you let your Holy One see decay. All the prophets rotted in the grave. All the founders of great religions rotted in the grave. Jesus rose again. The entire New Testament affirms that the reason our own resurrection is sure is because of Jesus' resurrection. Because of Jesus' resurrection, I shall never die. And if you ever hear that Michael Yusuf died, don't believe them. They're lying to you. I'll be more living than I've ever lived before. Because of Jesus' resurrection, I shall live with him forever. Because of Jesus' resurrection, I shall rule and reign in the universe with him. Because of Jesus' resurrection, I shall share in the inheritance of Jesus. And how how much is that inheritance? Is it? measured in the millions? No. Is it measured in the billions? No. Is it measured in the trillions? No. No in a million? No. It's measured in the billions of galaxies that my daddy owns. And I want to tell you something. The earth, the whole earth, is not even like a drop in all the oceans in comparison to my daddy's inheritance. Look at verse 11. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and you're right at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, when you walk in righteousness with Him, God the Father says, all that is Jesus is yours. All that Jesus is, is yours. All that Jesus has, is yours. All that Jesus inherits, is your inheritance. All that Jesus accomplished, is your accomplishment. All of Jesus' righteousness, is your righteousness. All of Jesus' authority, is your authority. All that belongs to Jesus, belongs to you. But more than that, the day is coming when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to stand on the platform of the forum of the universe. And He will take off my human body and clothe me with a heavenly body. And He will declare to every created being that you are joint heir with Him of all things. That is the inheritance that is worth singing about. This is the inheritance that is worth waiting for. This is the inheritance that is worth the name. Do you have it? Do you have that inheritance? If you don't have it, you can come to Jesus, receive him as the Savior of your soul and the Lord of your life. And you'll be assured of that inheritance because, not because I said so, but because the Word of God said so. Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we come to you, overwhelmed unable to even comprehend with our finite minds the incredible inheritance that we have in you. Father, there may be someone here who has never understood what it is to surrender to you and to be co-heir with Christ. May this day be the day in which everybody is listening to my voice right now, would make that commitment and receive that inheritance. Not in the by and by, but right now. And Father, we thank you. And I'm glad we're going to spend eternity thanking you for giving us that unbelievable, incomprehensible inheritance in Christ. In his name I pray. Amen.
0: Dr. Michael Youssef with a message he's called Our Inheritance. How about your inheritance? Are you uncertain of what's ahead when this life is done? Well, if you'd like to speak with a compassionate person and begin a conversation about spiritual things, let me encourage you to click over to ltw.org Jesus. Fill out a short form and begin a conversation exploring what it means to be a Christian or any spiritual questions you may have ltw.org jesus well that music means we have to go but make it a point to join Dr. Yusuf next time for more Leading the Way